Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to True Restoration. Here is your host. I'm your host, Jason Guardiano, and on this episode, I'm joined by Father Michael Oswald, pastor of St. Benedict Roman Catholic Church in Lacey Spring, Alabama. Welcome, Father, and thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me again. We are pleased to present Escape from the Novus Ordo free of charge for our listeners by the generous sponsorship of Novus Ordo Watch. Are you wondering what has happened to the Roman Catholic Church? Are you confused, shocked, alarmed at what Francis has been saying recently? Then log on to NovusOrdoWatch.org for traditional Catholic news and information with insightful commentary and razor-sharp analysis. Since 2002, Novus Ordo Watch has been exposing the Vatican II Church and its false popes by comparing and contrasting their new religion with the true religion, the modernist Novus Ordo teachings with the teachings of the Catholic Church. Go to NovusOrdoWatch.org and see why Francis is not a true pope and how the modernist Vatican II sect differs from the Catholic Church. That's NovusOrdoWatch.org. To receive access to all Restoration Radio episodes, please visit RestorationRadioNetwork.org and go to the member area on the menu bar to find out details on becoming a member. If you would like to purchase an individual episode, navigate to the available episode of your choice and simply click the links below the player on the page. After completing your purchase, you will be emailed a secure download link. Restoration and radio episodes are syndicated on iTunes and Stitcher. If you're listening to our content on those platforms, please be sure to leave us ratings and reviews. This will help those who are searching for truly Catholic programming to more easily find our content. You can find the links to these two syndicates on our homepage. Uh, the purpose of the show is to help give encouragement and guidance from a true Catholic priest, Father Michael Oswald, in becoming a Catholic in order to save your soul. Well, Father, here we are at the end of the season. Um, in this final episode, uh, we'll discuss matters of uh, for the Novus Ordo priests, and hopefully we'll have time for a little reflection from you, Father, for, from the, the past season. Father, we've gone from recognizing the problem to examining doctrine to uh, the intentional reverence of the Mass, looking at the two sides of the coin, the uh, liberal and conservative Novus Ordo. Uh, the Novus Ordo, looking at the Novus Ordo Seminary, which uh, this episode is going to kind of be a uh, part two of that. And in the last few episodes, we've been talking about the practical steps. So in a sense, in this last episode, we're talking about practical steps and those uh, priests still, those Novus Ordo priests rather in the, uh, in the Novus Ordo. Father, uh, what do you see today in Novus Ordo priests that, that you experienced yourself in your time there? Well, you have, uh, you had uh, some of the um, newer um, seminarians, so to speak, the younger ones, like, well, when I was a little bit younger, when I first came in, um, who, although we all were born into the Novus Ordo, we began to look for, um, well, basically to be Catholic. Uh, and, and, you know, we, some of us were, um, at first, you know, taken in a certain sense, you know, you'd read uh, about uh, how the faith was, uh, um, oftentimes maybe the, just the exterior things of, uh, you know, maybe uh, an exposure to the Latin Mass or, um, you know, maybe the richness of, of the churches, say, even of her, uh, of her music, of her chants, of, of um, the beauty of that or whatever sort of things that uh, the church has always provided, um, you know, that it, it's kind of, it, it touched some of us in that regards. And it, 
And so a lot of the younger ones, um, they we began to look for a, a, I guess you could say a return uh, to that, because uh, for the most part, a lot of us uh, saw the, the typical Vatican II um, parishes, and most of us came from that. Uh, some really liberal, some really not so liberal, or, or at least somewhat uh, tame, so to speak. Um, but there was an, uh, really an emptiness in a certain there. Was something that seemed to be missing, and and uh, um, so you had uh, a lot of the uh, again, even I think probably even today, a lot of the uh, not, maybe not a lot, but uh, some of the seminarians. Uh, today within the Novus Ordo um, are trying to retain or at least maybe, you know, uh, regain, I should say, uh, the past in regards to the church. And, um, you know, there's a, I found for, for us uh, who are still blind in that regards, I mean, we, we were of goodwill. We went, um, you know, we wanted to, um, we wanted to be Catholic. We wanted to be Catholic in its fullness. We didn't want to be just, um, you know, social directors, uh, social workers. Uh, we didn't want to be, you know, the typical kind of um, father happy sort of uh, in, in in the parishes. And, and uh, so, you know, we had this desire to do that. But, you know, the, the problem, of course, came in is that we were blind, is that we, um, um, and they are still blind in that regard to their, because it may be in our minds made it a, a noble effort to say, you know, well, when when we become priests, um, you know, we'll we'll change the church. Uh, you know, we'll we'll bring back this, we'll bring back that, we'll bring uh, etc. We'll bring bring back more reverence or whatever. And in a certain sense, it was a noble, it's a noble desire. But at the same time, you know, objectively, it should hit and uh, hit some of us. Wait a minute, the church, how, the church doesn't need changing. How could a church? You know, I mean, how are we to say to change the church or to rescue the church? I mean, the church is supposed to be, and it is, of course, uh, perfect. It is, uh, um, you know, of course, holy. It's uh, from the story of our Lord. It's, it's, so who are we to say that, you know, we are the ones that are going to make things right? And, and um, so there's a certain sort of kind of a, a pride or bravado, I guess, in a certain sense. Um, but. You kind of still have that. Uh, again, it's a, a strain of, of, of a noble sort of desire uh, in some of those more conservative, quote unquote, you know, seminarians that have it, and, and the younger, you know, quote unquote, priests who are there still, uh, you know. But the problem comes in is that uh, you have um, again two different um, strains in a certain sense. You have the ones who are totally Vatican II and often are the ones who are the older ones, you know, of, uh, in that regards. And uh, they look with grand suspicion upon the uh, younger guys coming in who talk about the past. And um, for a lot of us, uh, you know, if we were, um, if we were a Catholic, um, I mean, we were labeled right away and uh, shunned in a certain sense or even persecuted um, in that regards. And, but in a certain sense, too, again, it's uh, uh, some of us were, uh, like I said, on the exterior level. I mean, we're sort of infatuated with the old things and that. But uh, um, and that was it's a starting. It was a starting, at least in my case, it was a starting block or starting point for me. 
Um, but uh, unfortunately, for many, it stays there. It doesn't. They don't. Uh, there's a fear to go deeper in regards to. Wait a minute. Okay, so you have these old things, yeah, but yet, you know, what's it really at stake here? It's it's not the externals. It's it's the faith itself. And um, so, it, but it's a, it's a different uh, a different mindset. And 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 uh, and I'll give you an example too. Is that I remember when I was in the a seminarian in the, uh, I was uh, in a parish in a, in a seminarian and it was during some uh, priest meeting or something or whatever. And uh, the book that I was using for my meditation book and that I had, that I just had laid on the table there um, was by uh Alfonso Zagori. It was one of his meditation books. <clears throat> and one of the priests had walked by and, and he looked at it and he picked it up and he was older. He was, uh, uh, he wasn't a true priest. He was, I think, ordained, quote-unquote, in 69, but yet he was formed prior really, during Vatican, prior to Vatican II and, and Vatican II, and he picked that up of St. Alfonso de Gore, and he says, and he started to ridicule it and laugh at it. He says, oh, yeah, I remember that we don't do this anymore. This is, you know, who, you know, and, and, and you know, uh, and uh, you know, I was shocked at that, and he says, oh, yeah, it's just a total different thing, you know, we we don't do that sort of stuff anymore or believe that or, you know, that kind of stuff anymore. Like, so you have that mindset there coupled with, and then you have the younger ones who are trying to bring back a lot of those things. And so there's going to be a clash. There's always, uh, and it's a, um, but you know, it doesn't matter in regards to how many or, or mindset the younger priests quote unquote or seminarians have of wanting to bring things back. It's never going to happen. Um, you know the the Vatican II is is uh, is what it is. It's you know, no one uh, you know is going to read it. You know Vatican II with in the light of tradition as they try to say, or with uh, <laughs> continuity or whatever. It's not going to happen. It's a fallacy and it is a complete uh, distortion of reality. And in fact, really, it's kind of insanity in a certain sense. I mean, because um, you know you're trying to you know, change change things in a sense for the better. You're trying every the same thing over and over again, but you're expecting, oh, this time it's going to work, this time it's going to work, but it's, it's never going to work. And it's just a, a recipe for disaster. And for, for, at least in my experience, I can say it's probably the same now, but it seemed to be is that once you're ordained, quote-unquote, you know, in the Vatican II, is that um, you have maybe a, a three years, three to four years, maybe three to three to five years in between somewhere in there is that you're kind of confronted with a a choice is that if you continue to strive to be Catholic or try to bring back those things, you know, and, you know, like I said, we're in Catholics and, and, you know, preaching the, uh, of the Catholic faiths really is, as you know, or talking about saints and this sort of thing. If you continue to do that, um, is that you're continuing to be butting up against a wall and they're going to eventually um, break you. Uh, and they will break you by, um, you know, they'll send you away for, um, uh, which is basically like a, a brainwashing in a certain sense, um, you know, or they'll put you in some little hole or put you in a parish where that, uh, you know, you're, you're under the tutelage of a, you know, either a, a moderate liberal or really flaming liberal in a sense, in a sense to really break you, um, to break you of your you know, attachment to the past, attachment to those things, because they, they view you as a danger. Um, or 
you know, you come, you realize that, or basically by that time you just begin to give up and just say, well, I'll just go along with everything. Who cares anymore? And you begin to then take on the pattern of every other novice order. Uh, it's a nine to five job. Eventually, then you know, it's like who cares? It's like we can do what we want. I'd like, you know, spend more time on the golf course than I do on, on uh, you know, uh, on my knees and prayer and that sort of thing. And so you have a uh it it's really it's a, ultimately a recipe for disaster in in of course the notice order for those who any of those presbyters priests who who are early want to be catholic and like i said even if you persevere in regards to you know trying to you know bring back all the things you'll preach is that you are you are labeled and you are shunned for the most part uh and not only that, but is that you um, you begin to um, uh, well you begin to uh, kind of um, lose uh, uh, interest or lose or lose uh, your desire uh, really because you're you're constantly on guard you're constantly um, being battered here or there you have to be on guard about what you say you know how. You, you know how how uh, uh, you can you can only speak uh, you know of things Catholic uh, you know really of, of the past in into only really select circles because if you speak too loudly you'll get really kind of spied on and tattled on and then you get called in to talk to the um, vicar of clergy or you get talked to you know the bishop or whatever and you know you get a nice little talking to in that regards and. So, you know, you live in kind of this world of, of fear in a certain sense. And it's really, like I said, it's um, to survive in that is that you you uh, begin to um, kind of uh, cultivate a really a, I don't really care anymore sort of thing. Or you just go along with the whole thing, um, and um, which really the vast majority of end up end up doing. And they, you know, you have this... Um, um, the whole uh, um, kind of uh, um, bringing back old things, etc. Eventually, that wears off because you find that it's, it's pointless. And I know a lot. Some of my conquerors, some of the people that I went to seminary with, or um, the diocese I was from, um, they left. They just left. Uh, they couldn't take it anymore, and they just uh, disappeared. Basically, um, you know, a lot of them. I, you know, I'm trying to. Occasionally, I'll try to look and see if I can track some down, and, and they just basically just disappear. Um, they either quit, you wow. know, they just go get a job somewhere, or they just, you know, because they just couldn't take it anymore. Um, and so, uh, it's a sad plight that you see, and, and the face that Vatican II, of course, puts on of the priest uh, uh, is the priesthood is totally different than what the priesthood truly is, and you know, it's. Uh, so you're kind of once you begin, you're you're first and foremost you're living a lie to begin with, anyway, uh, in the Nellis Ordo. Um, but then you're constantly then trying to rationalize that lie, or you're trying to make it seem as if this is really good, you're really happy, you know, etc. And sometimes you know you convince yourself that yeah, this is it, and then you just go along with everything, or or again you come to that point, or depending on what how far along you are and, and, and you just hit that wall and say, and you begin to question 
yourself and, and you make either that choice. You just say, I quit or, um, or you just, uh, um, you know, like I said, go along with everything. And, but the good thing is that I have occasionally, uh, am in contact with, um, some priests, uh, um, in the Nosoro, they contact me and I did have a conversation, um, a very nice one with, uh, a priest, uh, well, he was actually ordained, quote-unquote, in, in 1970. But he, he's come to now the realization, and it took him all this many years, that the Nova Soto is a fraud. Um, that, you know, even though he was in the 90s, he says, ah, I'm, I'm not a priest. Uh, I wasn't ordained properly. And, and, you know, that's a hard thing, especially for those, someone who has been in for so long like that, come to that realization. I mean, that, but that's God's grace still working. I mean, that's certainly, you know, there's, there certainly is hope and, and, uh, it thanks be to God, you know, that he didn't anesthetize himself to the truth. I mean, it, like I said, it was, took a long time, but, um, you know, if one still has at least an inkling or it still has at least a shred of desire for the truth, you know, God's going to work with that. Uh, um, so, you know, you have all this uh, things going on in the North Sova and the whole, you know, the whole thing in regards to, again, uh, the whole, the idea of priesthood. I think we may have touched on this before and, and some other, uh, but I know, I know there's been many other programs on it in, in regards to how the Nova Sova views the priesthood and how it has distorted the priesthood, you know, is, is um, quite evident uh, when you do see you know, your normal run of the mill sort of notice order priest and you can see the just the total difference uh between what priests are or were and are uh and what the Novus Ordo says they are. And so, you know, it is uh, for a for a, a, a guy who, who certainly you know begins to discern that he has had a vocation, you know, and, and thinks he's being called by God, um, and goes into the Novus Ordo with Good intentions, or with, uh, you know, he's uh, he's he's being, of course, right away malformed, of course, to Vatican II. But um, you know, if he still has, if he has a true vocation, you know, God ultimately hope you know, will continue to send graces for that that priest, uh, that that man, uh, to you know, see the truth, but not just to see it, but to eventually do what he has to do. And uh, and you do have, again, this, um, here or there, uh, you have some who, who, who do see uh, and who are open to the truth. But, you know, the reality is the reality is that for the vast majority, they, they either uh, don't see it um, or they don't want to see it or they um, will never see it. Um, and, you know, so you have, it's kind of like in a certain sense, uh, you can say, um, you know, like the motto of, of, I think the Marines, right? The few, the proud, uh, um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of the few, uh, amongst the many, but it's still the few, it's still good. I mean, it's still God's grace, still it's God's will. And, and, um, so the graces are there, but it's a, it's a tough road and it's going to be, uh, a tough road to hoe, but one that, uh, you know, one has to, has to hoe. Yes, you really, if you put it that way, Father, you really, you know, pity the ones that are of, of goodwill that, that want to be Catholics, but, uh, you know, the, 
that was a big realization to to find out that you know they're not truly priests and you know the Novus Ordo you know it's not the Catholic Church and this is a much bigger hole to climb out of if 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 the task really was to turn the Novus Ordo into or rather conform it to the Catholic Church to to say that to try to make it something that it doesn't want to be and and that's the task that um, all of us who wanted who, who were looking to be Catholics you know the burden we don't I suppose you don't have to carry right that is uh, I mean that again it's um, it's trying to to change the nature of something. Uh, and which you you know you're not going to change the nature of of Vatican II. I mean, it's all you can do is just put nice little vestments around it, and, and hopefully that you know that kind of makes it look okay. Uh, at least it may might work for a little bit, but you're, you know Vatican II is is a, is is not the Catholic Church, and it is no matter how one tries to spin it or how one tries to say it is. It's, you know, the whole thing of this whole resistance, you know, recognize and resist and that sort of thing is nothing but, uh, it, it's nothing but misery because you're trying to change something that is, like you said, is, is not going to change because it's not going to change and it's not, doesn't want to change. Um, because that's not, you know, um, it is lamentable, highly lamentable when you do see, you know, some of those who are of goodwill and want to do those things. But I look at it for myself, because um, I, I, you know, I, I tried to do that too. I mean, I tried at least to bring what I, you know, the Catholic faith back into the Catholic church. I thought I was doing, you know, and I would, you know, wear the old vestments and I would uh, preach the, um, you know, the faith and I would, uh, um, you know, try to, to bring all those things uh, infused faith into the, to, to the Novus Ordo. And, um, but I look at it this way now is that um, how many people um, did I ultimately uh, deceive as well um, by my actions, by, by doing that? Because by keeping them in the Novus Ordo is that, you know, there's one thing, especially those of the conservatives, is that when you, ha- when you see a, a, you know, press or a priest, a Novus Ordo priest who, who is quote unquote conservative or, or, or trying to be traditional or that, those who are trying the same thing will gravitate towards that, uh, you know, priest. And, and, and uh, you know, you'll, mm-hmm. so you'll have, uh, you know, people coming in a sense and gravitating towards that, that, that priest. And, and um, to, you know, continue, though, to, to be conservative or, or traditional what have you is that, you know, Eric is that on the outside it may look look good, but really ultimately you're keeping them in the Minnesota. And I, how many people I kept in Minnesota by doing that as well? And um, that's why you have it, that's how insidious too the devil works too, because you know these whole indult things as well. You know, we have an indult here in where I'm in the closest uh, little town to where I'm or closest town to where I'm at, and you know the other it's a it's a diocesan indult, and um, he's not a priest, uh, although he's he, he's of goodwill. I mean, he wants to be, you know, Catholic. He's, he's like I was, uh, but yet he's not a priest. But yet he he's drawing these people, um, these families, uh, and keeping them in the Novus Ordo, and, and 
you know, so he's not giving them the sacraments because he's not a priest. Um, and he's, you know, there's no graces and no sacramental graces in that regard. And so, you know, the damage that is done by um, those who, like myself, who are conservative or trying to be traditional, actually probably is more than those of like the really typical Nova Soto flaming, you know, Vatican II ones because, you know, you're drawing people who would want, who want to be Catholic, but you're keeping them trapped in, into that lie. So, Father, it's not just style and God will fill in whatever's missing, you know, since the sacraments and everything else has been changed. Yeah, no, it doesn't work that way. Um, now, certainly there's graces that can be had. Now, actual graces, of course, are being sent. And, um, and you know, the graces that one has in their uh, private prayers, and especially in the rosary, you know, you know those are certainly uh, all are, are of grand benefit and beneficial and and but you know once you know the, the sad fact is is that if one falls in a state of sin mortal sin um the only way you know you can get out of that is through sacramental confession or a perfect contrition and you know for confession to go to confession one doesn't necessarily need perfect contrition one can have imperfect contrition to what the sacrament provides that's regards as long as one is Contrites as 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 sorrowful as as the firm purpose of amendment, you know it's you know one sins that are forgiven, you know. But to for those who fall in a state of sin, mortal sin, and go to these men who they think are priests but are not, um, and you know if they if they if they don't have perfect contrition, is you know that's a very serious thing going on there, and so. It's it's a lot of damage that uh, that Vatican II. That's why Vatican II really is the, um, you know, it's not just a um, a, a preference, a, a choice, or a, we're talking devastation of souls here. We're talking, you know, road to perdition in in these things. And it, one can wish all they want, but you know, there are certain things that uh, you know we have we're culpable for, and no matter how wishing we want, or you know, say. The, the church providers are, well, you know, we're, we're taking an awful big chance. Uh, people are taking a big chance with that. And um, so this is a, this is why this is, this is the most serious business. Of course, salvation of souls is the most serious business we could ever have in, the, in, in, in this life. And this is why this is why Vatican II is such a bruise of the devil. And it's how, that's how serious it is. And, but people sometimes will just, again, put it off as just, uh, you know, well, it's preference. You know, well, God, God is all merciful. He'll take care. You know, he, he won't. Well, but we're culpable for many things. Uh, and uh, especially, like I said for myself earlier, I said, you know, how many people that I kept in the Novus Ordo by my actions, by my delay in, uh, you know, of, of turning away from Vatican II when, when I had this, uh, when I began to at least seriously understand it, and, um, you know, how many people did I leave there? And, and uh, so, you know, there's, there's a uh, culpable for that. And um, so this is a, for those uh, men who are, are in the Novus Ordo, who have that desire to be Catholic, who maybe are in, the, in being an adult or what have you, you better seriously think about 
you know, if one has reservations of Vatican II or one begins to say, wait a minute, I don't think that's right, you better act on that. And you better you better run for Vatican II because culpability is there because one is, propo- is purporting then to be a shepherd. And, um, you know, that's to lead people astray um, and with either by if you have doubts yourself or for whatever, um, that's, again, very serious business. Father, at least at at the very least with the adult in, in my experience that uh it was a clue that there was an option that there was something other than this liturgical abuse mania that uh that there was you know some semblance of how it was before. But of course the illusion of staying in the indult was broken when at a confession I was given the divine mercy as penance. So there right. goes you know, this idea of, oh, just pretend that you have the pre-Vatican II way and and, uh, and you'll be fine. <laughs> right, right. I mean, uh, you know, like I said, the people who go to the Indo, I mean, they're, most of them, of course, are of good intentions. They want to be Catholic, but yet they're still stuck at the preference level. They're, they're, they used to say in a kind of disparaging way, you know, the smells and the bells, you know, they like the sounds of it. And then it's, you know, com- they think it's it's good. With the indults is that you know they're part of the deal with the indults as no sort of has done is that you are you are um, forbidden to criticize Vatican II or um, you know to to uh, say that somehow the indult is better than your local Novosordo um, you know parish etc. So um, you're so you you have a again a skewed thing, but the thing of the inbults too is you're seeing now is that the whole thing of it was is is um what if you remember what Ratzinger had said um that he wanted um which was the plan all along is to kind of have a elements of the uh nineteen sixty two missile to be incorporated into the new mass. And somehow then a now new, new mass would come about um, in that regard. And, you know, you're seeing that now. And you're even seeing that even within the SSBX as well, the incorporation of certain things of the Novus Ordo itself, uh, the full-blown Novus Ordo, and, you know, happening within, you know, parishes, et cetera. And so this whole thing of the, the indults, you know, again, it is beginning – the facade is beginning to crack, at least in my opinion, um, uh, in regards to, you're right, you're seeing the incorporation now of more more things of Vatican II as Vatican II had wanted it. And and, and uh, so you're, you're seeing this hybrid becoming uh, more evident. And again, it's going to be a, um, you know, a shock. Plus the sheer fact is that you have with Gregorio now and, and he's, you know, He's shutting down these adults here and there, and you know the people. I mean, it, it's it's full blown now. Vatican II, and and the the, the time of the kind of uh, comfortable base, so to speak, that the the adults and the adult crowd has had for a while, and in, in their own kind of little world, in a sense, is becoming less and less uh, comfortable. And in fact, it will be shattered eventually. And um, you know the the whole thing we have, like I said, this indult we have here close to me, um, you know, I have 
will tell me certain things about the, what people are saying over there, you know, in regards to, and, you know, they're trying to think uh, that somehow that um, they take away the adults, which they will eventually, um, that the, the priest, quote unquote, they have there now, well, he'll just go independent, you know, and he'll, or he'll just go to the SSDX and we'll be able to keep our, our, our parish here, we'll be able to keep the church here and all that. Well, they're delusional because it's diocesan and, um, you know, it's it it can all be taken away uh, by the bishop uh, of that diocese in a heartbeat, and they're then on the street, and they'd have to go to the other couple of full-blown liberal normal sorrows which we have around here, and and you know that's it. So basically, their their whole world eventually is going to be shattered, and and that's going to be tough. Um, you know, when you're um, kind of you're stuck only in a certain sense on the, on the externals there. Um, but like I said, there's, there's goodwill, not only of, of, of the people who attend those, but also the, you know, the, the presbyters who, who are trying to, but they do have to see reality. And, um, and they, and that reality is a cold reality and it's a hard reality, but, um, mentioned before, I mean, this is, it's about soul. You know, one's not going to save their soul by just, uh, you know, smelling incense in a sense on, on Sundays. I mean, you're going to save your soul by being a Catholic and a full set, everything Catholic. Um, and so, you know, that's uh, that's something that, uh, again, is going to come down more prominently as time goes on, um, especially, like I said, with. Francis, the, the destroyer here, on uh, in that regards, um, but uh, you'll see that more and more, I think, happening. We would like to remind you that you're listening to Escape from the Novo Sordo on the Restoration Radio Network. I'm your host, Jason Guardiano, and I'm joined by Father Michael Oswald. And today we've been discussing the Novo Sordo priests and the uh, lore of the indult, the sort of Latin massism that fails to consider the salvation of your soul and to be a Catholic. We want to remind you that Escape from the Novo Sordo is a, is a production of the Restoration Radio Network. All rights are reserved, and any duplication without explicit written permission is forbidden. To obtain permission, please write to mail at truerestoration.org. Uh, Father, to shift a little bit on this topic, in order to, to leave the Novo Sordo, I mean, it takes the humility to say that you're wrong, and, and that's so tough because uh, being conservative Novo Sordo, you... You kind of, it's a pride to, to think, oh, I'm so much better than, you know, the liberal Novo Sordo, so, quote unquote. Um, but at the same time, uh, um, if you could also speak to what this all means in the sense of obedience and, you know, by what authority do we do, we do anything outside of the Novo Sordo sect? Right. Um, see, that's one thing that if you read... Um, so the modernists are, are very, and uh, we're very, are very um, clever. Um, they're very sly. So they'll, you know, use things, um, Catholic terminology often, uh, but the meaning has changed. And so, you know, when speaking with a lot of the uh, older folks who, who um, went through the changes and, um, you know, either went along with it for a while or even they were just rejected it right away. And, and, and uh, but, they would always, inevitably, they always say the same thing, is that the whole thing of obedience was always played to the hilt. I mean, always played very hard in regards to, you know, there'd be questioning, well, 
they they go to their parish priest and say about whatever change is being happening and say how could how could this be changed you know when the church used to teach this or do that and only the answers would be you know we have we're obedient we have to be obedient we have to be obedient 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 well you know that's true we are uh, that is a hallmark of being catholic is that we are obedient to christ we are obedient to the church um but it's not uh, we're, we're we have a blind obedience to christ um and, and but you know we have to look at the sheer fact is that um we are comparing what the church has always taught um and always believed always preached always taught and we compared all of us um compared then what the Novus Ordo now teaches, what Vatican II teaches. And it's not that we're looking at it from our own our own opinion. In other words, it'd be something to say, um, I just don't like that, so that's why I'm leaving. Well, n- no, that's not good enough. It's not that it's not our opinion. It's what we're doing is we all we did is we looked at what Vatican II has always taught in regards to her teachings, her dogmas, her doctrines, and her disciplines, and all of that. Then we try to take that and put it um, with Vatican II, and it it if it should have been a perfect fit in regards if it was of the Church. But what we saw and we understood is not uh, that it was a fit. It was actually um, not. I mean, it was a it didn't fit at all. And so the things that were changing um, uh, were not. Um, taught before things of again ecumenism or religious liberty or um, you know ecclesiality or you know all these things or all the disciplines being had in regards to all these things was never taught before. In fact, the opposite was always taught in regards prior to Vatican II. But now it's changed. It, but it, it's not just different; it's totally different. It's the opposite. So all we did is that we just uh, took the words of the church, in other words, looked at what the church has always taught, and we looked at Vatican II, we tried to see, okay, is that the same? And we saw very clearly that it wasn't. And so it's not our opinion. It's not being uh, uh, saying, well, like I said, you know, I, I don't like that, or I, I think this way. It's actually the church, the Catholic church, condemning Vatican II anyway, because I mean, you look at some of the encyclicals prior to Vatican II, um, they're condemning the exact same things that Vatican II is teaching. Again, religious liberties, insanity, as uh, one of the popes had written in in, uh, his encyclical. Um, Things of that nature. Humanism uh, in regards to, you know, the whole um, saying that other religions are are true or at least uh, ways of salvation was condemned. I mean, right and left from the very beginning. And all these things are... Uh, so what we did again, we're 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 letting actually the church speak for us. We don't we're not speaking of our own volition, our own opinion. Is that you know if if the church taught these things for 1900 or 1965 years, um, then we know that it's true. I mean it's the, but if it all of a sudden says the exact opposite then something is wrong and, and because truth doesn't change and dogmas and doctrines don't change. Um, they don't evolve in that regards um, um, as the modernists try to say they do. So the obedience comes that we are obedient to the church uh, and we're obedient to what she has always taught and always believed and always given. Um, 
And so we're not obedient. When one begins to teach opposite of that, those things or begin to impose opposite, um, like the Vatican hierarchy has, is that there then is no longer any obedience owed to them because they're false shepherds. Um, our obedience lies in Christ, in the church, in the truth. And, and so just to, like when St. Paul says, you know, if, any, if, my, if anyone, even an angel comes down from heaven and teaches you something different, let him be anathema. In other words, shun him. No, go away. This is not, this is not the truth. Um, so, and our Lord reminds us too, as we saw in the last, uh, last, um, the, the, uh, um, Sunday, uh, the last of the ecclesiastical year, last Sunday after Pentecost of, there's going to be false shepherds. There's going to be, you know, people who are, um, saying these things and trying to make you believe these things and uh, don't believe them. You know, if, if they say, you know, Christ is in you know, the desert, don't believe them, um, don't go. And so, you know, we are, we are standing on what the church has always taught. Again, it's, and I always, when I do my catechisms with, with uh, people, I always remind them is, is, you know, when you're in a discussion with somebody, you know, you always want to say, uh, you don't you don't want to rely, always say, well, I think it's this, I, this is my opinion, or I think this, or I, you know, feel this, or I, you always or, say, wait a minute, what does the church say? What does the church say? But not post-Vatican II. You have to say, what does the church say prior to Vatican II? Okay, let's look at that. Okay, it says this. Now what does Vatican II say? Well, it says something's exact different, exact opposite. Well, someone's wrong. Um, so it can't be both right. Um, so what was said before for, again, 1,965 years was always right and always believed. So, ergo, Vatican II is not the church. So, you know, the obedience, yes, you're, you're going to have um, that still being played even today. Um, of course, uh, the obedience kind of button, so to speak, being pushed all the time. And, and for those uh, presbyters and those orders, that's, uh, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're going to be um, um, confronted with that as well, you know, because we all want to be obedient to our shepherds. We all want to be obedient to, uh, of course, Christ, the church. We all want to be obedient to her ministers. I mean, we're, that's what a Catholic does. That's uh, that's what we're called to do. Um, but yet when that shepherd, when that bishop or that priest or whatever is speaking or teaching or imposing something that has never been taught or even the opposite of what the church has always taught, then there is no obedience there because that's the false shepherd. And so, you know, there is no obedience to be, be had because of that, because they're leading people astray. And, but that's a hard thing. That is a hard thing to, to overcome, but you realize that, wait a minute, where is my obedience? My obedience lies then, of course, to, to Christ, to the church, as it always has been and always has taught. I mean, there's, you know, we're resting on the 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 uh, shoulders of all the true popes who have come before, resting on the shoulders of all those true bishops and priests who have come, you know, in that regards in the church, uh, resting ultimately, of course, on Christ uh, and uh, in that regard. So, it, you know, there's where the obedience, there is obedience. There, there always has to be and always will be. Um, but those who are false shepherds, who are pretending to be 
shepherds, uh, there is no obedience uh, to be had there um, because they are, are leading you astray. Father, what could a Novosoto presbyter do? What, what steps could they actually take if, if they were going to leave? Well, I can, um, again, there's no handbook, so to speak, uh, of what to do, but I can just say what, what I did and, and, um, and maybe some of the pitfalls that might come uh, for those who, who, who are going to leave or are trying to leave is that, you know, once I began to realize that that's not the Catholic Church and it, and it finally dawned on me, Actually, first prior to that, for those priests who are, are beginning to investigate, you know, being into question or, 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 or beginning to really uh, trying to find the truth, um, I would say you have to be very careful in regards to what you say, uh, who you say it to, or um, because, like I said um, before, there's, I don't know, use the word spies in a sense, but uh, you say something, you know, uh, like you confide into even a, a, another presbyter or another priest and say, you know, I'm thinking about this, what about, and, you know, he may listen, but then he very well could go tell Bishop or whatever. And then, you know, then you're thrust into a danger zone right away. And and, and then again, you're you're kind of, you're caught off guard in a certain sense. So you have to be kind of careful in regards to um, speaking with others around or even um, maybe like materials you, you get, like if you have a, a, a public computer, you know, like I, I had a public computer, I'd use one of the, the, the secretary's computer in the parish and I was actually looking on websites like Nova's Order Watch and uh, um, others and, and she would, she would, uh, um, look at my history and, and, uh, you know, basically, you know, so I got called on the carpet in regards to the Bishop and that regards sort of thing. So you have to be kind of careful in, in the things you do. Um, certainly you can be, um, reach out again to, uh, true priests, you know, other priests, uh, in regards to, uh, you know, usually they're traditional priests somewhere close or have you, or even through, even through the internet, you can certainly email and things of that nature. I mean, that's, I, I, answer emails occasionally, sometimes from uh, a priest in Minnesota as well. Um, but, you know, you keep doing But once you begin to realize that you know, this is, um, you know, this is not the church, I have, you, then you have to understand or begin to prepare yourself that I have to leave. Um, and, you know, you, you begin to realize, you know, I, uh, you begin to prepare, prepare yourself uh, that, when you leave No Sordo, you leave everything. I mean, you, um, you're not going to have a nice salary. We all had nice salaries when I was in No Sordo. Um, you're not going to have a retirement. You're not going to have your retirement. You're not going to have your health insurance. Um, you're not going to have the, you know, I mean, we got paid very well. You're not going to, you're not going to have that. You have to realize that, you know, um, you know, this is what you're, you, once you leave the Nova Soto, I mean, you have to cut ties and they're, they're not going to be kind to you um, because of that, because, but, you know, you can go about it several ways. Um, you could, um, if you're strong enough, um, you could have a meeting with the bishop or uh, whatever and just tell them, you know, I'm leaving um, and tell them why. 
I was not that strong. I wasn't uh, uh, certainly, I mean, I wrote a letter, but I, I certainly, I was too beat up. I was too, I didn't have the, I don't think the necessary graces per se to do that. So, I mean, I, I, I left. I just, you know, wrote my letters and censure and I, and I just cut ties and I left. Um, so, but you have to prepare. The key is you prepare yourself to know that, okay, once I leave, I leave everything in regards to temporally. Um, I'm also, you have to prepare yourself that what they're going to do to you is they will, they will drag your name through the mud um, to basically um, make you seem either that you are um, crazy, uh, you know, kind of just, you know, just nutty in right regards, or, um, you know, they will just say that you, even that, you know, you, they even will might bring out some terms which they've never used only for traditional Catholics of, say, heretics or schismatic, you know, that, and so they'll make an issue uh, because uh, of your name. Um, but sometimes you might get lucky to where they might just um, um, basically bury you in other regards to they don't, they won't um, mention anything. They'll just all of a sudden wipe you off the um, diocesan roster and, you know, no explanation given. Um, that might be a, a, what they might do too. But the key is, is that once you leave, like I said, they're not going to be nice to you. Um, um, a practical suggestion too is that if you have, um, like if you have a, a bank account, uh, you know, where you, you, you have your savings or your checking, et cetera, and if the diocese has access to that, you know, like if you have direct deposit or like I had, et cetera, I would suggest prior to leaving that you change, you take your money and put it into a different account because um, for me, that the paycheck that I had, um, that I cashed, you know, a couple of weeks before I um, put it in my account, um, they the diocese actually got into my account and took it out and took it back. Um, so... I lost that, um, which is illegal, by the way. But um, they can, they certainly will do. That's not um, things that they're not uh, unknown things that they would do. But you know, the key is that you you uh, begin to um, you begin to plan to have an out. Is that you can't just you know just leave and then um, um, and not know in a sense at least the next step. And then often the next step might be that um, to, like what I did, is that when I left, like I said, I was pretty well spent on that. I mean, it was just, uh, it was a, 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 it's a rough, it's a rough road and it's intense uh, and it, the persecution is on number 10 in that regards. And so all I did was um, I just went back home uh, and stayed with my family and, and tried to recuperate. It took me six months or so, or a year, almost, I can't remember, um, to sort of recuperate, but it wasn't, uh, um, you know, to at least to begin to under, to have a, a place where you can stay for a little while. Um, but hopefully before you've done that, you've reached out to traditional priests, traditional bishops, um, and uh, uh, began to have at least a, a, um, a beginning a relationship with those with those priests and bishops to uh, begin to figure out okay um, you know where where can I go 
um, eventually here. Um, because you're eventually, you're going to, whatever bishop you go with, uh, whoever you go with, is that you're, you're eventually going to have to spend some time um, in studies again. Uh, maybe not, uh, you know, long, maybe not years, years, but at least, uh, at least probably at least a couple, maybe a couple years of, of revisiting your studies of uh, maybe even, you know, directly seminary uh, for a year or two years or whatever, depends on the bishop. Um, but you're going to have to, you know, in a certain sense, you're going to have to start over, but the key is, is that you've already had a lot. You've already had a lot of formation, hopefully, you know, but, but that the sheer fact that you, you are leaving is that at least you, you had at least gleaned on some of the good formation of the, at least the, uh, in that regard. So there's a lot of things you're going to have to, to learn again or learn anew um, and check out, you know, the things that you have learned to make sure that they were correct, etc. The priests and the bishops are very good at doing that um, and uh, helping you along. And it could be, you know, how many years or maybe whatever. Like I said, it depends. Um, but you're going to have to prepare yourself that, you know, you'll have to do that, um, you know, just to uh, to be able to, to revisit those studies. And, and then you'll go through the the steps uh, of priesthood, um, you know, all the whole whole you know, uh, steps. You may get all the... You, for those who, it might be, like I said, a shorter, certainly a shorter time, I would think, than someone who's just uh, already starting in the seminary and the traditional seminary. But, um, but uh, these are a lot of things you kind of have to prepare for because, you know, you you you're basically you're going from, I, I you thought you were a priest, you know, that you worked hard through all these through seminary, etc. You do all these things. You you thought you were a priest. To then all of a sudden going back from that to basically the first rung again, um, and that's a hard step. It took, I mean, that was very difficult, and, and um, but it's necessary because it certainly made me made me more humble. I know that, um, and that um, ultimately plays very well in a, in a priest life as well. So, um, so there's a lot of things uh, that one could do, but you, you know, you have to realize, okay, I have to leave. Um, I have to break. I have to, um, and uh, it could be, you know, uh, basically a, a direct uh, speak, you know, just saying if you're, if you're strong enough to, to, you know, have it out in a certain sense, uh, you know, with the bishop saying, you know, this is why and such or whatever, and face-to-face, well, great, uh, but could right away they just just write your resignation or letter of resignation, et cetera, what have you, and, um, but uh, um, you know, just realize that it's much easier for those who are not priests to leave, because the only repercussions that they're often we're going to have is you know maybe family and friends will say, oh, you shouldn't be, shouldn't have come back or whatever. If you're a presbyter, of course, there's a lot more involved. Um, like I said, there's, uh, but that's uh, um, that's the the way it is. But you look back at some of the great converts. To the face before, um, you know, let's say like uh, Father Faber, who was uh, Anglican, um, you know, he broke with Anglicans and, and left and, um, you know, he went through, you know, basically all kinds of persecution, etc. and the Cardinal Newman and, and, you know, all these, you know, and Carl Manning, all these, you know, great converts from, um, say, um, Protestantism or what have you. And, very similar, um, and you're walking 
you're beginning to walk in a lot of their footsteps as well. And so, but it's, uh, it's a necessary step, but you do have to repair yourself. It's not easy. Um, and, and you certainly must pray that, uh, you begin to die to any sort of human respect. Because like I said, they, um, depending on the diocese or finger, they will, they will try to make your life very difficult. Um, so, but if you begin to prepare yourself for that, uh, you know, you can, you can endure by God's grace, um, uh, by that way. So, uh, there's a lot involved, but it is, uh, necessary, but it is well worth it. Uh, because, you know, if you have that vocation and with more than likely, if you're thinking of this step and you've, I mean, you're more than likely have a true vocation there is that it'll be fulfilled. Um, and, and you'll actually be much stronger um, and uh, much more uh, faithful uh, and much more uh, loving of God uh, in his providence, his grace, his mercy, um, when you have to go through this crucible. Um, but it is a necessary step. And we're so fortunate, Father, that, that you're with us now. Well, like I said, I always remind everybody, you know, it's only by the grace of God. And I, and I look at it myself, it was, uh, it was by the hands of our Blessed Mother. And, you know, sometimes our Blessed Mother is very gentle um, and very, um, you know, kind of uh, pushing uh, very gently and as a good mother and that. But, you know, sometimes, uh, like for some of us, uh, myself, um, that gentleness does, you know, work a little bit. But at some point, you know, she, for myself, she had to, she had to hit me with a two by four, which was good. I'm glad she did. Um, but, uh, that certainly, uh, I attribute to my conversion, uh, to the grace of God and to the hands of our blessed mother. Father, what is your status now, um, that you've been gone this long? Uh, do you have any updates for us as kind of a continuation of all the other interviews and talks you've given? Yeah, well, I was, uh, um, when I left again, you know, they, they, uh, um, you know, did their obligatory, which, you know, it is kind of law, you know, they had sent you my, me letters of, you know, threatening me in regards to, um, you know, uh, canonically, et cetera, and all those things, which is certainly natural in, in that regards. And, and then the last letter I think that I remember getting was that uh, they were sending my, my case to Rome. And, uh, you know, that was years ago, actually. And, um, just, um, uh, Less than a month ago, um, I had uh, um, there's a knock on the on the church door, and I answered. It was FedEx, and and uh, it was an envelope that was there. And usually, when I uh, I don't I didn't order anything, I didn't have anything. Usually, it, and I get an envelope like that. I I knew something was a you know this is probably important. I wonder what this is. And so, but I did open it up and find it that uh, uh, from. It was from the diocese, also from then the uh, Congregation of the Faith in regards to in Rome as well, and all that, all the signatures and all that sort of thing. And you know, they had uh, finally my case, I guess, was finally decided upon, and and uh, so I'm officially now labeled a schismatic and uh, stripped of 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 all in regards to you know the uh, the priesthood, etc., whatever you want to do for the Novus Ordo. But um, I, I my first reaction was. I, I had no reaction. Um, I was like, well, let's, I you know, expect that. But my next reaction was, and I think I emailed this to one of the other priests, and I said, well, 
you know, I can probably frame this. This is probably good because it's it's a it's a actual document saying that I am not a part of the heretical Vatican II Church. So eh, that might be a good thing to frame, I suppose. But. Well, Father, if only we all could get such a document. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, yeah. Well, it's it's like I said, it was it means nothing to me because, I mean, it. it all it says is that I'm, like I said, not a part of Vatican II, uh, which is what I did anyway, because it's not the Catholic Church. So it just ratified it in my mind. As we close out this last episode, we have covered the uh, Novus Ordo priests, the uh, indult and Latin massism, issues of obedience, and uh, the practical steps of how to leave the Novus Ordo as a Novus Ordo priest. And the uh, Father's given us a little update on on his escape. I want to thank Father Michael Oswald uh, for his time uh, this season, uh, giving us all these episodes. Um, is there anything else, Father, as kind of uh, an end cap on uh, escape from the Nova Sordo uh, that you would like to add for the end? Well, I, I just, um, you know, as we are in the um, season of Advent, and it's... Uh, for those who are, uh, especially as we see now of, of how crazy it has gotten in, in, in the Novus Ordo, I mean, just in the last 10 years, things have been accelerating and imploding at a, at a rapid, rapid rate. And, you know, those in the Novus Ordo who maybe are listening to this or have been listening to these shows, is, it may seem, you know, that uh, hope is dead or is dying or, um, you know, things are pretty bleak and but you have to realize is that once you uh, understand that the Novus Ordo is not the Catholic Church, um, that the promises of our Lord are alive, of course, and well, as the Church is alive and well. It is certainly small, um, and it's certainly a remnant uh, throughout the world, um, but the faith is there because uh, our Lord promised, and His promises are always true. And then in the season of Advent now, we are um, we are having the... the uh, if you look at the, a lot of the characters of, so to speak, of Advent, you know, you look at the, um, like the angel, um, the angel who, who brought uh, the message uh, to our Blessed Mother, the Annunciation, and and, uh, and what a what a promise there, and and uh, in that world of darkness, uh, you know, as we have, is that the that uh, the light of our Lord still shines, and, and and the promise that was whispered to our Blessed Mother, of course. Um, was fulfilled. And so there's a lot of, uh, we certainly can despair uh, sometimes in this in, in this life uh, as we see the terrible things going around, but we almost keep in mind that uh, promises of our Lord are true. And it's, uh, we're waiting in faith. Um, you know, we no longer, we don't trust uh, the, the um, you know, the, the earth, the, uh, the, worldly spirit you don't trust uh, of that uh, um, or we we do it because we know God's message we know um, uh, his promises um, and his promises are true and we trust in him and so it is with that anticipation that you know even in the darkest of times um, you know our Lord uh, is ever there and ever ready uh, to give us the grace to persevere to endure what we have to persevere and endure through so, you know, what a, uh, in this liturgical season, especially of Advent, you know, the, the anticipation that we, uh, the preparation of, of 
of the incarnation of our Lord, the, the, the birth of our Lord is, um, you know, it takes on a, almost a more profound uh, aspect each year as things again become imploding around us and, and especially in the Noah's Ordo. But, you know, that's, uh, if you're in the Noah's Ordo, is that you have to realize is that, that all that is falling around you, again, is not our Lord, is not um, the promise of our Lord. The promise of our Lord is is in His Church, in His True Church, in His Catholic Church, and so um, that you know, no matter what persecutions, no matter what darkness, no matter what things we have in the world, um, that rock stands and will stand to the end of time, and so that is quite consoling. Uh, that's where our hope comes in, and there's great hope, and even in the midst of those tribulations. But the key is again, you have to recognize and see that light, and you have to leave. You have to leave that that darkness, that, uh, which is not leading to that light. Uh, it's not leading to our Lord. It's not, it's not our Lord. And, but once you find him uh, in the church, um, as all every Catholic has done for 2,000 years, uh, you, you stand on that rock and you cling fast uh, um, in whatever may come. And, you know, you'll have to suffer, of course, as we all have to suffer. But uh, there's merit meritorious suffering in there is that it's necessary but yet you'd be surprised at what you can endure and persevere through by the grace of God and when you have that sacraments when you have the truth when you have the faith um, so there is great hope in that regards and, and uh, but you have to make that first step and you have to say yes I want to follow Christ I want to follow I want to be a Catholic I want to be a true Catholic um, and the Nova Sordo is not it um, but the church is there, um, but you have to you have to do your part, uh, and by God's grace, you can. Father, how are uh, your catechism classes going at uh, St. Benedict's uh, this uh, end of the liturgical year now, Advent? Uh, it's going well. We're doing apologetics, and we're just finishing up uh, with, uh, I'll finish up tomorrow night with uh, the apologetics uh, in regards to the existence of God and, and that. And then we're going to intersperse things and talk about some of those points of Catholic history that are so uh, maligned and mis and lied about. And I think, you know, just because of the times we live in, I thought probably the first one I'll talk about would be the Crusades. I thought that'd be a good one. Um, so we'll begin probably that uh, in a couple of weeks. And you can get the audio uh, for these classes and Father's sermons at sd-benedict-hsv.org. Well, Father, thank you so much for your time with this show, and we'll uh, we'll look forward to uh, to you next season in season five, and and what show or shows you'll you'll join us on uh, next year. Okay, thank you, and uh, God bless you. I hope I was uh, at least some help to some out there. God bless you. We would again like to thank Nova Sorta Watch for their generous sponsorship. NovaSortaWatch.org. If you have any questions for Father Michael Oswald or feedback on this episode, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at escape at truerestoration.org. And we will pass along your questions or comments to Father Michael Oswald. And we would also take this moment to remind you that all correspondence with us are strictly confidential. All of us here at the Restoration Radio Network would ask that if you found this show to be informative, helpful, or in any way beneficial to you and to your faith, that you please consider sending a note of thanks to the clergy who helped make our network worthwhile. Remember that above and beyond material contributions, 
the most important donation you can make to our work here is prayer. Please think of offering a mass, a rosary, or even a simple ave for our work the next time you pray. <laughs> 